This is Star Wars Action News, hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Action News. This is Marjorie. This is Arnie and happy to be back after our holiday gift guide still in the full swing of the holiday season and I don't know that I've ever gotten on Christmas as many presents as Disney birthed last week during their stockholders presentation. Well, you have. However, it seems that you're not going to be wanting for Star Wars television shows for any time soon. And it looks like a movie directed by Patty Jenkins. And one by Taika Waititi. I'm more excited about Taika Waititi. I did not enjoy the Wonder Woman movie. I didn't think it was very good. But Taika Waititi, he is, I'd say, 90% fantastic. I'm sure he's a lovely man. I'm going to say he's 100% a lovely man. Of his projects, I think I like about 90% of them. If you haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, you must. It is an emotional roller coaster. I don't think the man cannot be funny. And so I'm really looking forward to a slightly absurdist, dry wit Star Wars movie like he could deliver. Well, I feel like he can bring the fun in. And I think that's one thing that was missing from the sequels was there was not that element of fun like with... Han and Luke even kind of having a bit of banter. Donald Glover, happy to see him hopefully returning for the Lando series. But I have faith in Taika Waititi. I will admit I did not like, well, not that I didn't like, I just, I could not get into what we do in the shadows. I tried, but I felt like I just kept waiting for the joke to happen or something and it just wasn't there. But he made me like Thor, which I was kind of lukewarm on Thor. Thor was just there like your cousin's husband that just comes around every Christmas and holiday and drinks all your beer. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, again, Jojo Rabbit, phenomenal. I I mean, I can't say enough great things about that movie. Korg and Meek were like the best thing to come out of Thor Ragnarok, I think. I don't know. There's a lot of good things. Scourge with Destroy and my stuff and the shake weight. Yeah, the shake weight, yeah. (laughs) And Patty Jenkins, I'll agree that the first Wonder Woman movie didn't totally light my fire. I don't entirely blame her. I think it was well-directed. I think the writing kind of let it down in the third act. <coughs> Acting. Yeah, yeah. She she didn't get to make all the creative choices no. there. And I think the idea of Rogue Squadron movie sounds really good. I'm curious what era it will be in. Will they have a recast wedge and put it during the OT? Will it be what happened to Rogue Squadron between movies? I don't know, but it could be a Rogue One sequel because that's where they picked up the name Rogue, so take place between A New Hope and Empire without Luke somehow. I don't know, but there's endless possibilities there, and I'm willing to bet... With Patty Jenkins directing, the squad will be led by a woman. So there was an alternate area of the universe that was heavily populated by women characters that we didn't get to see? Is that what's happened? Because, I mean... I mean, not that women weren't represented because we did have Leia, Mon Mothma, and that's about it. However... Aunt Beru. Aunt Beru. (laughs) It seems kind of strange that there's this entire other part of the universe where... It's women everything, and I I hope they can get the aesthetic there. 
my problem with things that are happening in between movies we already have is that there is a difference in technology that sometimes make it feel out of place. And, and you know what I, I mean? The costuming sometimes, I mean, not that the costumes weren't great in the original, but what I'm saying is you're trying to insert something 40 some years later with new technology, new capabilities into something that is there. And you're also going off on a different story because you can't get some of these people back because they've passed away or they're now 70 years old. And it's going to seem weird that they're 70 years old when between the two movies you're inserting, they were 30 and 35. I think Rogue One did a great job, though, of verisimilitude and making things look low tech and keeping the targeting computers the same and that sort of thing and really not feeling like it was light years ahead of where a new hope was. Yeah. I'm, I'm still kind of torn on that, on that movie, because again, we saw things, we did have new things every episode in the original and then in the prequels, but I kind of feel like the prequels kind of explained it because we were living in this grand opulence and grand technology and then the world was falling apart and that's how we got to A New Hope where things are desolate. I feel like there were there was a definite step and it seemed to fit and now there's kind of like, oh, we're doing gentle step down. My feeling has always been since The Phantom Menace that I just have to go with the fun of the movies because... If I try to explain to myself why they had such great-looking computer systems and sensors 40 years before they had such rote-looking Atari 2600 graphics, I'm just going to go insane. But Rogue One was not a fun movie, as everyone died. (laughs) Spoiler! It's spoiler if you haven't seen it. (laughs) And I I still have a bone to pick with the whole tracking. The the light-speed tracking. That was cheating. That was cheating. I, I really feel that that was cheating and that it didn't surface until, was that, uh, Last Jedi? Or was, yeah, The Last Jedi. So, eh, I don't like it when things cheat and a lot of movies cheat and it really ticks me off. It's like Annie Wilkes said in Misery. You can't do those kinds of cheats. You can't say you saw someone die and then just be like, oh, no, and then... Pretend they didn't see it. Yeah, you can't run the car off the cliff with your hero in it and then bring them back the next episode like something's fine. So, yes, I guess it's the Annie Wilkes syndrome, and that's what happened. (laughs) And, I, yeah, I'm not going to, like, break anybody's legs, I don't think. I mean... They couldn't track the cock-a-doody light speed. (laughs) (laughs) If I ever get time with Ryan Johnson, we're going to have a talk. Why do I picture you tying him in bed and bringing the sledgehammer? (laughs) And I like that movie best of the sequels, so we just disagree on that. Well, I I don't know. Maybe he's not the subject of the ire. Perhaps it's someone at Lucasfilm who made that decision. Maybe I need to track that person down and Annie Wilkes. Ryan Johnson made Looper and Knives Out, so you know he can make great movies. I'm sorry, Looper was not a great movie. But Knives Out? Knives Out was a great movie because it starred America's Treasure. And it also had a really good plot. Yes. So I, I'm i looking forward to it. I'm glad to see Jon Favreau expand his influence in the galaxy far, far away. I've often thought that man had a magic touch ever since Elf, Iron Man. Sathura may not have been entirely my thing, but... 
I didn't see that. However, we have to also keep in mind that there is a difference in creativity control between the two different properties. I believe Lucasfilm has an extremely short choke chain on people. Marvel had a lot more freedom and has a lot more to draw from. So you're able to do that. And I think that there's a huge difference between Iron Man and the Mandalorian. And I think that there's a lot tighter control in the Mandalorian series as well as Star Wars in general. Success breeds freedom. And Favreau has the Mando under his belt, which is honestly, I feel, the most universally acclaimed Disney Star Wars output. Since Disney bought it? Yeah. And so I think that will allow for more deference. I, I did notice that there are now two camps of people, it seems. there, And it seems to be wildly different. There, Like, an episode will be released, and some people are like, oh my god, that's the best thing ever. And the other camp is like, eh, it's alright. And then the next episode will come out, and they'll completely switch. And I really think that there are a lot of people who aren't hardcore Star Wars fans watching for the simple fact of, and I'm going to call them this, don't at me, Baby Yoda. And that's exactly what you want. You don't want to cater just to the hardcore Star Wars fans that'll kill the franchise. You want casual people to tune in, and The Mandalorian has done that. Am I afraid of them choking the Golden Goose by setting too many shows in the era of The Mandalorian and too many spinoffs from The Mandalorian? It seems like they are tripling down on success. Here's the thing. It's the law of diminishing returns at some point, too, though. I mean, if you have so much content out there, people are going to pick and choose. And I think that's perfect. I'm going to be honest. A Japanese anime Star Wars show is not for me. No, it's... I I might give it a, a few episodes and see if it's something I'm into. Might not be for me. I don't know. But... I don't know. I guess what I'm more interested in is more of the, I don't, well, I guess I don't even know. I guess I don't want to see more stuff after the original trilogy. And it kind of bothers me that they insert stuff between the movies there, perhaps more prequel stuff that was not expanded upon or something like that, you know, or maybe we just need the baby Yoda show and find out more (laughs) about his family. I am so excited. The thing that has excited me most is something between the movies. The Obi-Wan show between episodes three and four, where we have been promised Hayden Christensen is back as Darth Vader, and there will be the rematch of the century in a lightsaber fight. That should be interesting. Um, Not sure, maybe. I don't know how high... I'm not confident in Hayden as Darth Vader other than laying on a table and being voiced by James Earl Jones. I'm hoping Hayden isn't doing the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hope Let's hope that. Let's hope that. I mean, you, if you can't get James Earl Jones, you have to get a sound alike. You can't just throw Hayden Christensen into a vocoder and call it a day. Yeah, no, that's not going to work. So, I mean, James Earl Jones, he's getting up there, but I don't know what he's doing. Probably playing golf. and He's in the Coming to America sequel. I'm sure oh. he can phone in some lines. Awesome. Okay, that's good. I'm looking forward to that movie, let me tell you. Mixed emotions, but looking forward to it. But yeah, I mean, that might be, I think, the most anticipated one for me because it does kind of fill the gap. However, the execution is going to be everything as far as how it's executed. And I mean, again, let me pull the Annie Wilkes defense out here. I feel that everyone dying at the end of Rogue One was cheating because you just, you you took a movie, you're like, hey, this plays an integral part in the movies that you grew up with and they love and everything. And then we're going to kill everyone. So you don't ask why they weren't in them. (laughs) 
don't know. I, well, let's just see what happens. Again, these are all things that are planned. No, no production started, correct, on a lot of them? On a lot of them, but I'm pretty sure that since this seems to be like a two, three, maybe four-year plan, there will not be a lot of diverging from what was announced. And that makes me excited. There's going to be a lot of Star Wars content. They took a couple of years where they went away from movies. We still got a couple more years before we get a new movie, two years from this holiday season. But yeah, think of the toys. But we will be talking about that more next show because we're going to be talking about toys a lot this show. We know it had been a while since we've just talked general collecting outside of our gift guide. And what's funny is we talk with our friends about Star Wars collecting literally every day. You know, we have a wonderful text group going of, hey, I just found Cara Dune in the credits collection. Anyone need her? And things like that. And so I thought it would be great to get with our friends in person and just kind of do a collecting catch-up. Well, not in person. We'll get together with our friends in Zoom. Yeah. In, in Zoom, we trust. Social distanced collecting catch-up. Yes. So let's go ahead and bring them out. Hey, everybody. Andrew here, uh, Hot Toys Addict. And uh, lately, a uh, somebody who's been scouring the internet for the, the latest finds as opposed to going out in person to the stores. Is that due to COVID or is that because they're only online? To be continued. <laughs> Not giving away his position. This is Brock uh, coming to you live from the Star Wars Action News Book Club library, I guess you could call it. And um, very happy to be here. And because we're discussing something that I never thought I'd be actually having solid opinions on because due to our current situation these past few months, I've dipped my toes in these waters for the first time. Hey guys, it's Chris, friend of the show, also uh, co-host of Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast, and here to talk some toys, which I'm always up for that discussion. So to start off, the HasLab, the Razor Crest. Uh, in, in that same order, what do you guys think? Were you excited by the offering and have you placed any orders for any? Uh, I I don't know if excited is the right word. Um, it's what I was expecting. Um, I was not surprised by it. Um, I did I did put in my order for it, um, uh, but excited isn't isn't the word. I'm looking forward to it. The sale barge sold me on what they can do with the Haslab and the bigger vehicles. Uh, the detail inside of it looks incredible. I mean, this is the first time we'll, we'll have a three and three quarter inch scale uh, bathroom. And so that'll be fun. Uh, lots of, of good diorama opportunities there. Um, so yeah, I don't know if excited is the right word, but I am looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. Excited is hardly the word I would use um, to quote C-3PO. I, um, it was an easy pass for me. It was also what I expected it to be. I was very happy that my prediction was correct that one of the bonuses would be the carbonite blocks, it, although I thought it was going to be the first uh, level. It was turned out to be the third or fourth, I think. I have been following it online. I find it very impressive how many people are excited about that, and that's great. Um, but I am not collecting three and three quarter inch Mandalorian, uh, and I don't have space for that anyway. And so this one was a very easy pass for me. 
but bravo and happy for them uh, because the success of this thing is, is remarkable. And uh, I think I'll be the trifecta here that I was not really excited for the announcement. Uh, I expected it. It was one of two things that I was thinking they would announce. Um, they're striking while the iron's hot, but this may surprise you. I have not ordered it and do not plan to. How come? Uh, one is the space issue. It's going to take up a lot of space and it's just only being a year into the show. It's not an iconic vehicle for me. So I don't feel that it deserves a spot on my shelf that the, the BMF or the, the, the big ATAT have. So there's other vehicles that I would rather give that space to. And I don't want to spend $350 to put it in the closet. You know, and, and the sail barge is kind of the centerpiece of my collection room now. So, you know, that's another big vehicle that I have to display. So trying to balance displaying all these bigger vehicles is kind of hard. So I just, I've decided I'm not going to get it. Uh, I may regret that later, but for right now, I'm, I'm happy with my decision. I'm excited for the people who want it. It is a, it looks to be a nice vehicle. We've, you know, I've been following it. Um, I'm glad it's doing well. Hopefully the next HasLab will get that Death Star, but I digress. <laughs> yeah, I'm not terribly excited by this offering for the same reasons you say, Chris. This isn't exactly a iconic vehicle for me. And it's something that I do wonder, could it have possibly worked at retail as compared to something big like the sail barge, which never would, or a Death Star playset, which never would. But by the same token, I do think that the Mandalorian is currently the shining jewel in Disney's Star Wars crown, as far as everything they've done. I mean, look at what we're going to be talking about with Hasbro. We're going to be talking about a lot of Mandalorian stuff. It's because I I'm assuming Hasbro sees where the money is and the money's in the Mandalorian. We still haven't gotten a lot of episode nine figures, but they are just cranking out Mandalorian stuff, including this HasLab, tying into the Mandalorian two, season two premiere, of course. But I'm, I didn't want to buy two. <laughs> I bought two because of the exclusive vintage carded figures in there. I, Love that they're finally doing the Baby Yoda with Pram. I'm really hoping the stretch goal is unlocked for the Jawa with those extra accessories. That Jawa is going to be a mainstream release, but the accessories would be exclusive and an exclusive card and things. And so I am in for two. I'm telling myself I there's no reason for me to get a third. I'll probably sell the second Razor Crest and just keep the figures out of it. But Chris, Chris could buy it from you when he changes his mind about not getting one. I was just actually thinking that. I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but Chris, you're a, you're a Yoda focus collector. Does that extend to baby Yoda? Um, it kind of did in the beginning, but let's face it, baby Yoda has been plastered, or the child has been plastered everywhere. And I'm kind of starting to exhaust a little bit of it. So, I've kind of dialed back on my child uh, stuff and am trying to be a little more selective. Honestly, at this point, they have slapped the child on just about everything that doesn't move. And, and a few things, things that, that do, yeah. like yeah. the animatronic Yoda. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't turn the corner in a store without seeing something from with the child. Yeah, I, my favorite is probably overdone. the Pyrex bowls. Like, really? Yeah. Really? Pyrex bowls with the child? I, mm. They're microwave safe, just like the child. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were to hold us chicken nuggies. Yeah, you guys have all seen that, right? Yeah, the multitude yeah. of memes that came out when the child first did that I'm sure we'll be seeing a resurgence of with season two. But, you know, I, I don't want to sound like I dislike this HasLab and I'm just spending the money to be a completist. I think it's a cool vehicle. I just don't think it's hitting a nostalgia nerve with me. And so I'm... I know when I get it in hand, it will be very cool. Right now, it's this concept, it's this graphic that they've put online, and so I'm just not able to get super excited for it. But I know I'll love it when I get it with the detail they put into the sail barge and everything. It's just, it feels like they could do so much with a HasLab. Mm -hmm. And they did the Mandalorian, and that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... What you said about that being nostalgic, that's not nostalgic to any of us, right? Because we're old OT, you know, originalists, right? Yeah. So uh, the fact of the matter is they're doing what they need to do to get new collectors in here. It's exactly what they're doing. And from a marketing standpoint, I get it. And they're risking that people like us, they'll get 50% of us. And on this call, they have, right? More or less, right? So good for them for doing this. I, and it's been extremely successful. So clearly they're going to do something like this again. Um, but it's clear as day why they did it, and uh, it's unfortunate for us. But yes, we'll get our Cantina playset or our Death Star playset some other time. Yeah, I, I think Chris really hit it on the head when he said that it's not iconic. Yeah, and I think it's because it's only a year old. You know, ten years from now, it will be iconic. Uh, but you know, I'm I've always looked at HasLab as being something more for the stuff that wouldn't sell at retail, like Arnie was saying, maybe this could because the Mandalorian is so hot. Um, of course, it would be scaled down. We wouldn't have all the details that we would, that, uh, that we would want um, for a big dioramic display. But I, I, I think that HasLab would be better uh, for things like uh, Black Series Rancor. That's, that's kind of my, uh, my hope eventually that we get you know, a, a giant beast would be great for HasLab, something that there's no way it would sell at retail. Well, isn't, so didn't they tout HasLab as for dream projects? And that's, you know, I don't really consider the Razor Crest at this point a dream project. So that's kind of where some of that comes in it for me. Um, again, I, they're striking while the iron's hot. You know, they missed the boat, in my opinion, on the ghost, you know, because now you would try to do the ghost. I don't think it would fund when people wanted it. And I do think, you know, Andrew and Arnie both said you could have done this at retail. I'm going to argue that I think you could have done the $350 version at retail and you could have sold it as an online only like they've done the Falcon. Now, yes, they wouldn't have got the money up front to do the tooling and whatnot, but I don't think they would have had any problem selling these. I have a question on that tooling thing. Because they have such ornate uh, plans and things like that, isn't the tooling pretty much already done in that sense? Like they've already planned it. They already know they can do it. They have to plan it out, all that kind of stuff. So at what point is it already complete before they present it to us? It seems to me that's already finished. The designs are already done. And what they're doing now is just having the money to manufacture it. I'm confused on why they have to 
call it tooling if they wouldn't present something like this unless they could actually do it. You know what I mean? They've got 3D CADs. And I believe that while that takes some time and some doing and some architecture and the people at Hasbro are making sure it's structurally sound and they can actually build mm -hmm. it like that. I'm, it's a great question perhaps to ask Hasbro because I'm going to just use what knowledge I have, but this may not be the right answer. <laughs> they still have to make the molds. They still have to cut the dies to make the molds so that they can pour the plastic in and then get the pieces together. And I think that's where a lot of the cost is coming in is creating the manufacturing process to actually mass make these. Especially when you think about how that weapons locker has all the individual weapons as separate pieces, like all of that stuff and all the, the panels that come off the side and all the, the detail that's on the inside. There's a lot of pieces to this. It's not just one big chunk of plastic. So I think that's probably where the tooling comes in. Like Arnie was saying, like it's not the, the actual sculpting that is costing that much. It's the creation of the molds and that kind of thing. The manufacturing process, as Arnie said. If my math is correct, it's, I think it's $2.1 million was what they needed for it to fund with the 6,000, which was the, the, the bottom, you know, the, the uh, minimum goal. So, you know, that's, that's a lot of money. But then I also asked the question, does Hasbro, a multi-billion dollar corporation, not have $2.1 million to do that? Well, that's the thing. I think that 2.1 million kind of in cap, in, includes the profits they're going to make on it, right? They have to do that up front. Uh, they wouldn't fund it unless they're guaranteed the profit up front, which I was going to bring that up later, but bring it up now. Um, my big problem with all the topics we're going to talk about today is this is a, what I think I told you guys the other day, it was like $4 million last year, $5 million the year before, $7 million the year before that, billion, excuse me. And obviously not all of it's coming from Star Wars. This company isn't really hurting, in my opinion. And so why on earth is it so difficult and so hard to get the stuff that I want when they can just make more? I've, I've, I know it's a very narrow way of looking at things, but to me, it's that simple sometimes. Why do they need $2.1 million to make something they're clearly gonna sell out of? It, 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 it boggles my mind. I, I can understand, we're gonna talk about the reasons. I don't agree with all of them. I would say a big one is it's hard to get shelf space at retail. Right. And it does appear that retail has not provided a lot of support for the vintage collection the way they have the Black Series collection. Can, so, I, can I interject here real quick? So since they, since they, when they have started HasLab, since then we have had a major global pandemic and people aren't going to the stores. So now you have, and it kind of ties into what we're gonna talk about in a little bit, but with HasLab, it was things that would not sell in the store specifically like you just said but with covid we have a lot less people going to the store and i think that hasbro has proved while we all have our grumblings and frustrations and want to smash things about pulse releases that is a good avenue without having to have a retail partner for exclusives which mm. kind of changes the game a little bit i think i also think when it comes to a really expensive thing like this First of all, for retail, they may not get to shoot the moon. You know, there may be a lot of negotiation about what can we do at retail to keep the cost down instead of really going into detail and being like, we're going to have all those weapons, like Andrew said, and we're going to have all the carbonite racks, and we're going to have all the paint apps. 
and really make it collector focused. And Chris mentioned the big Millennium Falcon. Well, that came to targets at $400. And then Target gave me a 25% off coupon. So I got the, and then I have a red card. So I got the thing for about 280. And bargain hunters make stores not want to restock that. And so if everybody did what I did, if everybody did for the Razor Crest what I did for the Falcon, that's not a success for them. So by doing HasLab, you're guaranteeing that there's not going to be the wait for clearance kind of people. I think that's a fair point. Isn't that what they want, though? You said the same thing. So if what I think Marjorie is uh, right about is that they do have an avenue, uh, Hasbro Pulse, that they can sell this on. You can bypass retail completely and be an online exclusive only. And people, clearly the people who are going to buy it in the first place will find it there. And so why is the retail um, such a big deal? I mean, you bring new people in, fine. This toy shelves are shrinking. We all know that in all these big box stores. But clearly, people are shopping online more than ever. I think the retail, the need for having the Razor Crest not go to retail and the reason to have all these exclusives do go to retail, the reasoning is, is not there as strongly as it was even six months ago. Possibly. I also think, though, there's something about the hype. Getting people swept up in an event will get people to spend money that they might not have spent otherwise if they didn't feel it's now or never. The question I had for Chris, but he uh, and he actually answered it beforehand. I was going to say, but what about FOMO? Because if I didn't order any of this, I would have such severe fear of missing out and regret of not getting this now, knowing that every HasLab product that's funded has just gone up exponentially on eBay. And so it really feels like a now you buy or later you get really hosed kind of proposition that's going to make a lot of people part with money today in the middle of a pandemic, as you mentioned, that they might not part with if they felt less compelled to do so by the limited time and by everybody talking about it for these 45 days and the excitement of a new stretch goal and all of that. Okay, but you bring up a minister Singh point. There are people who have bought every single HasLab for the sheer fact of flipping them because yeah. they view it as an opportunity. And there are people who have maxed out the Sentinel, uh, the Transformers one. Did that get funded? The Unicron? Finally. Yeah. Um, poor Cookie Monster. We have poor Cookie Monster. <laughs> there's no aftermarket in Cookie Monster, but there's people who only buy the Haslabs in order to flip them. And people buy six, seven, whatever. People bought multiple barges to flip. So, I imagine the Sentinel market, with that being a troop builder, is just going to be nuts. It's already selling for nearly a thousand on <gasps> eBay. Wow! So you know it—it's it, not scalping if you're buying when everybody can buy, and right now everybody can buy. Scalping is taking away from one person to then sell at a profit. If I went and I ordered a hundred. Razor crests right now and just kept them in a warehouse till the price went up to a thousand and then sold them all. That's called a good investment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you talk about the, the FOMO, and that certainly was something that I had to, to deal with. Like, am I going to have FOMO 
I had to, I, I kind of approached it logically, but also there's, there's, you know, I want to support, you know, you, I guess what I'm trying to say is you speak with your wallet. And for me, you know, this wasn't the project that I wanted to see. Um, again, and I, it'll be, you know, in years, it'll be an I can feel, I get, you know, if you decide down the line, don't cave before November 9th, that's going to be paying a lot more. But at the same time, I feel like I'm talking with my wallet and saying, hey, you didn't get me Hasbro. Of course, there's 13,000 or what is it, 15,000 other people out there right now that are saying that doesn't matter at this point. I really do feel this is going to just slide past those and uh, stretch goals because there's always a huge surge on the final day. And I'm talking thousands. And so I do feel like I'm going to be getting my Jawa there too, as well as the very cool display stand. You know, we talked about nostalgia. And I kind of feel like the Mandalorian show itself is there to pounce on our nostalgia in a lot of ways, the way it kind of, you know, going back to the Western type of feel or Seven Samurai kind of thing, um, Yojimbo sort of storytelling that, inspired Lucas. I feel the Mandalorian and Rogue One probably fit in the best with the original trilogy. So if you're a fan of the OT, those are probably the two things that get you. But are they taking it a step too far by giving us five POA vintage Mandalorian figures? Uh, yes and no would be my answer <laughs> to that. Um, I think I... I think it's unnecessary, but at the same time, for some reason, I love it because <laughs> see, like what, what did it for me? I wasn't, I didn't think that I was going to like them when I first heard the rumors. And then I saw Moff Gideon and his vinyl cape. And I was like, <laughs> I am sold. I am 100% sold on this because those vinyl capes, are the best thing about those vintage figures is the vinyl they, because they look ridiculous. They look absolutely ridiculous and I just love it. I love it. So yeah, so it's unnecessary, but how much of the stuff really is necessary when you think about it? It looks especially ridiculous on the Mandalorian, but you have to have it on there. And it's really funny to me. I'm right there with you. I'm not buying these. I'm not collecting three and three quarter inch Mandalorian. <laughs> Mandalorian. So not there you even go. the retro. Uh, I love the way these things look. I I am right there with Andrew. I was like, why are they doing this? What a, what a money grab! But when I saw them, I'm like, these look fantastic. Especially the Gideon. The Cara Dune looks great. Mm -hmm. um they made the the nick nolte this is the i have spoken Quill. guy yeah that looks great you know and so all of this um it's just fun it's just a really fun thing to say you know what it reminds me of, of those like super seven figures that they make of other movie franchises like the figures you always wanted it's yeah. exactly that kind of thing um it's a lot of fun I, I wish they sold it it's like um as a set instead of individually like a collector set and maybe they will one day for people to have um as a one shot uh, as opposed to individual figures having to hunt them, um, because that would make it even more special, uh, make it available to everybody, but in that in that way. But otherwise, yeah, I think they came out wonderfully. Bravo. You know, one of the things I like about these figures is that I don't have them in my collection. So in other words, if you've been collecting vintage for a long time, the uh, 
you have these figures. So the last two years, they've given us figures we already have. Now, granted, they're not exactly the same, but like I got really excited for the uh, Tarkin and the Luke and Snowspeeder because those are those are new figures. So while I was like, well, it kind of doesn't make sense. Why are they not doing Return of the Jedi? You know, why aren't they? I'm happy to be getting new figures, and they do. They look really awesome. Uh, I really, I really like the Cara Dune. It looks great, and like Andrew said, the vinyl capes on them—they they, they look awesome and ridiculous at the same time. Now, I will point out, I am happy that these aren't exclusive to Target or Walmart this time around. You're mm-hmm. here, here. Yeah, I'll, I'll admit that when the Empire figures were coming out, I was thinking. I want to grab an extra retro Boba Fett and just paint him like the Mandalorian. I'm not a sculptor. I'm not good enough to customize, to make the armor the best car armor or something like that. But I could take a vintage Boba Fett and paint him and it would be something like that. So I was wanting that character specifically because Boba Fett was one of my favorite vintage characters as a kid. And I'm like, wouldn't it be cool to have the Mandalorian in that style? So they've taken that. I don't know so much about the child in the pram as a full vintage release, um, but and some of the other characters, I I do love the vinyl capes and I think they look good. But Chris, you said you know we already have these figures, but I think who these retro figures are really being aimed at are remember when you had these figures, not you still have these figures. The people who still have these figures are the ones in the Facebook groups complaining about it's hard enough to tell repro accessories as it is without Hasbro getting out there and making really good repro accessories. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. I think, you know, they're marketed at at those people, but they're also marketed at the younger people uh, coming up that may not be able to afford to get in the vintage game yet. So these are a good gateway until they can get into the vintage game. I will say there's one that does not make me happy in the Mando series, though. It's the Trooper where you have to buy a $50 Monopoly set. Oh. And it's you could only get the set at Shop Disney or Hasbro Pulse. If you buy it someplace else, then you don't get the figure, but you're spending the same amount of money. And it's, it feels to me like bilking the customer a little bit because now I have to buy two Trivial Pursuit games. We well, don't have to. No one's forcing you. Or, or Monopoly. Monopoly, right? Or, now I have to buy two <laughs> Monopoly games. Well, you want to get the Monopoly. You want to get the set. You can build houses on it. I, I don't think I'm going to be buying yet another Star Wars Monopoly game, figure or no, because the Star Wars Monopoly games I have, we end up playing the normal Monopoly. So it doesn't really make sense to me. Um, I understand what you were saying. You don't you know, to get the figure, blah, blah, blah. I understand why they're doing it. I understand why you're upset about it. I don't fault them for doing it at all. Uh, good luck to them. The only reason I think it's never going to go on sale, though, it's on Pulse and at Shop Disney, right? So you're not going to get a sale on that ever. So you're pretty much screwed. Shop Disney has a lot of sales. I pick up a lot of stuff there on pretty deep discount. Uh, the okay. toy box figures, uh, hot toys, cos babies. If, if this doesn't sell out, then my words will be eaten as I pick up a third for the figure at about 25 bucks. But okay. Do we know if the figure 
if there's anything about the figure that's different or is it just the card back that's different from the Star Wars retro collection Stormtrooper? It's the paint job and the card, I believe. So is the paint, is there actually like dirt and grime on the, on the figure? Got, yeah, it looks like he's got some grime on the chest piece there. Okay. All right. Well, at least, well, I was going to say, at least it's, you know, a Stormtrooper that they've already done before. But if it's a little bit different, that's going to make people angry. At least it's not like, you know, the Mandalorian or, you know, the only way you can get the child is by spending the $50 on the Monopoly set. So it could yeah, be worse, Arnie. It could Nobody wants a Stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah, who wants those? Nobody, nobody wants to army build. Someone collects those, yeah. See, I think the word that I used for it was cash grab is, is the way it felt for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I had planned to kind of be all in on these retro figures. And this is where I'm going to draw the line. So I'm going to either hope for a sale down the line, Arnie, or I'm going to try and pick one up later on, you know, maybe on eBay or something when they're just selling the figure or I'm going to live without it because those other board games were what, I don't think I paid more than 20 for either yeah. of those games. And they were, you know, the figure itself is worth 10. So you're paying 10 for the game. This is, you know, a lot bigger cost involved and for, for a $10 figure. You guys remember way back when the power of the force two with a death star escape game. And they had the exclusive Luke Skywalker stormtrooper yeah. figure with the dots on it and a slick back hair. I bought that game just for that figure. I'm sure many of us did. So I understand the concept of buying it just for the figure. Not going to spend 50 bucks on Monopoly. No. Yeah, that was a $20 set. And I remember I bought two. One so I could keep it with the game and one so I could keep it with the figures. Because yeah. that was actually cool because that was an action figure game. Like you were supposed to use the action figures as pieces on the board too. Do you... Remember the Millennium Falcon set that came? It was a game that you put over your keyboard, but it came mm -hmm. with a Han Solo. Yep. <laughs> so they, yep. yeah, they've charged us a lot for figures before. It's just, I, I wish it had been Cara Dune or Moff Gideon or something like that. Moff Gideon, everybody's loving because of the vinyl cape, and nobody's wanting to troop build Moff Gideon. You know, I think by making it be a troop inside the monopoly game is where they're really I, twisting that knife i don't know i mean think about think about it this way though if you're if you're wanting to troop build i you could go out and you could just buy a bunch of beat up figures that are actually vintage for a lot cheaper anyway and they're already beat up, so they already look like remnant stormtroopers. So I think the only people who are really wanting this one are ones who are going to leave it in the package or at least just have one to be out. I don't see a lot of people wanting to true build specifically this remnant stormtrooper. And speaking of exclusive releases, the real thing that I think we have a text group going, us and a few other friends, and maybe I should it's it's text but maybe it's a support group where we all go <laughs> when uh there's a mando monday or a fan first friday or pulse con and hasbro's like guess what guys 10 new figures they're great figures they're all going live at 5 p.m one at best buy one at target one at <laughs> <laughs> oh man I'm still How a little have you guys been collecting? What's that, Marjorie? I said I'm still a little scarred from Hasbro this year. It's more of an enabling group than a support group. 
that's that's also true yeah. we enable and then we support you right? yeah no kidding yeah. by the way i'm i'm gonna kill jonathan one of our fellow members here because he got me on a couple of facebook groups where i spent more money this year than i can believe on stuff that's filling in my collection um I'll, can i get I'll, an invite I'll, to that group please yeah sure <laughs> so um <laughs> uh, yeah the the exclusives the store exclusives always, and look i've been complaining about exclusives for a long time but what they're doing here with different places you have to go at the same time, it's unbelievably difficult um, to, to cross my franchises. None of us have time turners. We can't just go hop around and, and do that. We have to, you have to take a chance on going to Target because you have to worry about the bots instead of going to Walmart first. So you really have to choose which one do you want more which is really unfair to a lot of us because a lot of us want a chance to get all of them. And uh, not me, thankfully, I'm not as serious about getting every single one of like those Christmas ones. I was okay about not getting all of them. Those are awesome. Uh, they're fantastic, but I don't have to bend over backwards <laughs> to get every single one. I just don't. I'm, I'm lucky that way, I guess. There you go. There you go, Andrew. Uh, and I've gotten lucky this year, honestly, with um, the Pulse and the Target exclusives. I've been very lucky these past couple of months, but it's just not fair. I, and the, to read your guys' experiences on this thing is crazy. Um, it, it, they should do one at a time, once a week or something like that. The schedule is absolutely insane. More than the exclusive part of it, the schedule they're asking us to do is crazy. Just yeah, to I, level set, there, this isn't just a Star Wars thing. They're doing this with all Hasbro product lines. So, you know, if you're a Hasbro collector, you're doing this multiple times. Chris, your podcast talks about all kinds of toy collecting. I know G.I. Joe people are hit hardest by this. Yeah, I was just going to say, try doing this across multiple Hasbro lines. So, I mean, they're doing it with Transformers. They're doing it with Marvel. They're doing it with G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe is perhaps the most frustrating that you've heard about. But it's not unique to Star Wars, but it is nonetheless frustrating. And last week was downright stressful. <laughs> I mean, to paint the picture, we're coming back from the Smoky Mountains and we're driving home that day. And so I had to do all of the pre-ordering on my cell phone, which is not easy compared to doing it on the computer, you know? So, you know, and you're, you're absolutely right, Brock. You have to kind of make a a plan like where am I going to go first you know I'm going to go to Target first because if I don't it's going to sell out immediately but if you don't you know if you don't get it in your cart and Target and check out well now you've spent that time there when you could have gone to Walmart and get it there and if you get it at Walmart you're not guaranteed that they're not going to cancel your pre-order <laughs> oh that's that's yeah. such a pisser I hate that yeah I get yeah. so many of those so oh we've canceled your order emails Yep. Does anybody and, on I mean, this call have have any insight as to why exclusives? Like, why are there so many? Is it do do retailers pay Hasbro to do an exclusive? Does Hasbro get some? What's the? There's got to be a business reason why all of a sudden we're seeing so many exclusives. Is it to try to draw people to a specific retailer? I I just don't I I. I love so to step back a second. I used to love exclusives because they were exclusive. They were exciting. If you got one, you're like, ha I got that exclusive. Right. But now it, there are so many exclusives. Like it's, it's almost to the point where if everything is an exclusive, 
nothing's an exclusive. <laughs> oh, so, it, it, what's the what's the the draw for these retailers, and what's the draw to Hasbro to actually increase to this extent the number of exclusives that we're getting? Well, let's remember you're in a post Toys R Us world too, because that has a huge impact. Whereas a lot of things would have ended up at Toys R Us are now getting split between these other retailers. Now you've got, you know, like a Walgreens that's entered the game over the last few years, but the post Toys R Us world has a huge impact on that. As far as the business relationship, I don't, and this is just me guessing, I don't think Hasbro gets money from the retailer. I think it's the retailer trying to get foot traffic in, hoping that you're going to buy something else while you're there. My guess is that they're, I'm going to take a guess first before Arnie says anything. My guess is that they say, okay, we're not going to give you shelf space unless you give us something that only us, only we get. That's my guess. It's a bit of a partnership in that way. It used to be a couple of exclusives per store per year, you know, maybe two, three, but now it's like every time they have a big release, every store has an exclusive. What has changed so much that everything now seems to need to be an exclusive to get made? So I'm going to ask them that. I can tell you what they've said in the past about exclusives is it's a partnership. The store agrees to buy so many of a specific figure in order to, as Brock said, get people into the stores to buy other of the figures there. And what Hasbro has said repeatedly is, when asked, why is this an exclusive? If the store didn't agree to buy this figure, this figure wouldn't be made. So when they're planning their lines and they say, we have 19 slots for the vintage collection next year. If a retailer comes in and wants an exclusive, that's a 20th slot and a 21st slot and things like that. So Hasbro is able to put out more because stores agree to buy in as exclusives. But lately it does feel like entire character runs are exclusive. Like the heavy Mandalorian had uh, carbonized at Best Buy, had one of the chip version, credit versions at Best Buy. Cara Dune was carbonized at Target and then had the credit version at Target. It's like, I don't understand the snowball effect of this. I wonder if it's a reaction to how retail has changed, right? So it used to be in in the, the golden age of collecting where a store would have one exclusive, like you're saying, one, maybe two exclusives a year. And that would draw collectors into their store right so now it's like the the retailers aren't getting the traffic that they used to because everything's going through amazon or everything's going through walmart so in order to get a portion of regular retail they're trying to have something that's special to them just to draw that traffic to their site Yeah, that's the thing is we're all going to their website now. You know, Marjorie is famous for saying every time she does a toy run at Target, she doesn't get out without spending $50 because you're Mm -hmm. in Target. It's Target. But when you're online, all I am is pissed. (laughs) Well, except, see, but there's, there's the rub of it, right? Because Target limits the number that they sell online and then the rest they sell in store. So those of you who don't actually get to place your order 
within the first 30 seconds of it going up online and get that sold out notification, then have to wait for the release date and actually go to the store. So it's like the online sell is almost an advertisement so that the majority of people who go to that site, they're like, oh, well, I can't get it. But there's a notification there that says that this special Mandalorian figure is coming out December 1st. I'm going to be sure that I'm in the store on December 1st so that I can get that toy. And then I'm spending at least $50 in the store because I went to the store to get what I couldn't get online. I'm going to, I'm going to come in on this and say, um, baloney, uh, BS, whatever words you want me to say, Arnie, you can beat me out, whatever one you want, because malarkey, malarkey, um, balderdash, because uh, two things. One, when I go to Target to get that exclusive and it's not there, I take everything else out of my cart and I leave the freaking store out of being pissed, A. B, if it is a store like Walmart that only has uh, a figure, a 21st slot figure, Jedi Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi would be made. I call BS on that. Three, here we go. If this is an exclusive to Target, if this is an exclusive to Walmart, if they want me to physically go to the store and spend 50 more dollars in their store, then they would have plenty for everyone. Why does every single store have one, two, three, one jackass who's two, two spots ahead of me in the line outside at seven o'clock in the morning, gets the entire run he wants, and I get the slim pickings on the other end or nothing at all. I went there for GI Joe for my friend, and I was lucky to get one, but the guy said, oh, we have four in the store. Apparently not. Somebody in the back got it. I don't care. The point is this, that if it's an exclusive to a store, it shouldn't be hard to get. They should have plenty for everyone. Or if the exclusive is exclusive to the store, it should be like a con exclusive, that it comes with a special um, hat or stand or uh, R2-D2 or something that you only get for a certain amount of time. And then a general release comes out, would you get the actual figure without the special piece? That is a, is, a, is a middle ground that I would be happy with that because this baloney of having to 30 seconds to get an exclusive figure, if it's exclusive, have plenty of it. I'm going to give you another example. Amazon.com does not have physical stores or maybe now it does a little bit with their new partnerships. They've had the exclusive C-3PO and Chewbacca set and it's still available online. They still have it. Why? Maybe because they don't have to worry about shelf space. Well, maybe perhaps they made enough of them or maybe because nobody wants them. I don't know the answer to that, but it seems to me that if I want a Jedi Luke Skywalker, I should be able to get a Jedi Luke Skywalker. If I want a Cara Dune that's carbonized, I should be able to get one. The beauty of all this is they can make more. They just don't. And it drives me absolutely wild. Brock, I think, you, I think you're onto something there um, where Amazon doesn't have to worry about the shelf space. I guess my, my point was that, um, you, look at how many times you go into a Target or a Walmart and you see an overstock of that thing that's been hanging on the pegs for a year, two, five, right? I think that retailers are a little gun shy of buying those, of, of committing to Hasbro to say, I'm going to buy X number of this exclusive or X number of this wave of figures if you give me an exclusive because they don't want to get stuck with it, which is probably why Target only gets one case of Cara Dunes, right? They only get four um, because they're, they're gunshot. Think of, think of those, uh, the 3D Phantom Menace figures that Walmart, you know, that exclusive line, nobody bought them 
and then the, the retailer is stuck with them. They've already paid the, the company. They've already paid Hasbro for those figures, but now they're stuck with them and they have to sell them at a deep discount. So I think retail, it's almost like the snake's eating its own tail. Retailers don't want to commit. Hasbro can't create more because they can't sell more to the, the retailers. And then us as collectors, we have a negative attitude about it because we can't go out and get them. But the retailer is worried about their bottom line and how many of us are there left who are still willing to shell out $20, $25 for a six inch action figure, right? I think that it's, it, they're gun shy. I think they're afraid to have stuff hanging on the pegs. You know, I think back to um, uh, Toys R Us, God rest its soul. Um, they had a, a, an exclusive, I remember it vividly. I don't, I couldn't tell you the name of it. It was one of the, the big techno union guys from the Clone Wars, the guys. And I went and I got those first, the first day they were on the pegs, I went and got them. Those exclusive figures, they had plenty of them, like what you're suggesting, Brock. And there were 20 of them on the pegs for months, right? And then that retailer has to sell them to like a five below or a dollar store or something just to, just to get rid of them. But that's the retailer losing money. I understand right? that point, Andrew. But like an example I keep going back to is a giant Luke Skywalker. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, um, a little bitter on that. I didn't get one. Clearly, I didn't get one. So that's why I'm a little upset about it. But the point I'm really trying to make is fine. All that's great. So if it doesn't sell through retail, cut a deal with them. Fine. If you don't sell them in retail, send them back to us and we'll put them on pulse and they'll sell or perhaps move them to a different store. Because I know for a fact when I worked in retail, certain stores didn't sell very well with one thing, but there are a couple of locations that you could put anything that you couldn't sell in and it would sell. So you can't say that though, because remember the Target exclusive figure for Solo, it was a deluxe figure of that hunchback character Moloch. that had one scene. Moloch. Yeah. Moloch, thank you. You're the one who went to Target a lot and saw Moloch still sitting there he's still there he's still there there's like eight of them at our target and has been for over a year understood and it's also at the at multiple targets i've been to when we used to go to different targets in different cities he was also hanging around other places here so you know brock i feel like you're fixating on the example of a jedi luke that sold out but there are plenty of examples especially from solo and other movies um that other recent movies where those didn't move. And in fact, we're not even sure that all of these Cara Dunes are going to move. What we know is they pre-sold out. We know we have had a nightmare of a time trying to order them online. But let me give you an example. The Galaxy's Edge stuff that came out at Target. When that stuff went up for pre-order, I missed out on Hondo. I missed out on uh, Rex. And then later... They're just sitting in stores. I was able to go in and pick them up and I set up notifications so I knew when they were in the store. I used the app for that. Okay, but, but Hondo, Hondo was a booger and that took the target alerts because you can set alerts for the items and that happened to be up at 3 a.m., couldn't sleep and got a Hondo. But Rex was pretty easy. I mean, it's just, it's so hard to say once they come in stock, and how will they be? But by comparison, I never saw retro figures at Walmart for Empire. I never saw retro figures at Target for A New Hope. So it, it really does 
run the gamut between that poor Veers at Walgreens that is just hanging out chatting with the pharmacist and then Jedi Luke. Okay, um, how about this one then? I know it's not the same thing as an exclusive, but they just came out with the Return of the Jedi Boba Fett, right? Different paint job on Boba Fett. It's a different uh, thing. Uh, everyone wants a Return of the Jedi Boba Fett because he looks different than he does in Empire Strikes Back. They just came out with that great uh, 40th anniversary of Boba Fett. So in the same vein, that's not getting shelf space. That's pretty much online, right? It's going to be out later on. That's sold out fairly quickly online too, right? Is that coming out retail later on? That's coming to, it's going to come with Jar Jar as well. I mean, that, I, I, I don't know if it's a wave, but those are going to be in retail. They will. Okay. So they sold out pretty quickly when they went up online. Why are those selling out? If they're pre-ordering, why can't they just see how much is demand there and then make that to meet it? I'm still confused on that because there's no retail thing. They're doing it through Pulse. They're online things. So why are things still selling out so quickly when they're announced in pre-order for Pulse? Is it the same kind of ideas and the same problems or is it a whole different kind of problem? You doing okay, Brock? You doing all right? <laughs> no, I'm really pissed off. I shouldn't have to worry this much about getting a toy. Like, it's not like, it's not, it's not so hard to make more toys. Like, look, I get the exclusive. Everything you're saying about shelf space and all that. Great. So make it exclusive for a minimum amount of time. Make it for, you can only get it for this season and they have to wait a year. People waiting a year, it does, I used to play the long game. And I used to always say, play the long game, play the long game. I don't have that luxury anymore if I actually want something, except it's a really long game. I got that thing, the uh, display for, um, Attack of the Clones, that, what, that came out like 13 years ago. That's a long time. So I'm talking like you shouldn't have to bend over backwards to get a Mandalorian figure. You shouldn't have to there, bend over backwards to get a, a Stormtrooper you want. It's not that hard. There is something. I mean, the stores want exclusivity for a per good period of time, possibly forever. Yes. So, so that's the problem. Right. Well, and if you think about it this way, Brock. If, if from a, from a business standpoint, I know that we, I mean, I'm not a, a business major, so I, maybe this is maybe me just making stuff up. But if you think about it from somebody who's trying to make money, right? So if, if I make a deal with another company that I'm going to sell their stuff and I'm going to get the exclusive deal, and then a year, two years later, that exclusivity goes away mm -hmm. and it goes to somebody else, mm -hmm. then once us as fans who are watching this stuff realize that's what's happening, we're going to say, okay, well, in two years, I'm just going to get it somewhere else. I'm not going to try to go to the store on release day or try to go to their website on release day and get it. It's just, we're, we're going to figure it out. And then, so I think that's probably where it is probably some contractual thing where of the retailers like, no, nobody else is ever going to be able to sell this. Okay, and that's where, that's where it comes in with the exclusive piece of it. Like, so they do a Comic-Con exclusive of Boba Fett and Han and Carbonite, right? And you only get it in that set for a few years, and all of a sudden now, individually, they're available and a little bit, tiny bit different here or there. You got it on a car or whatever. There's enough difference there, but it's pretty much the exact same thing. Why not do that way? Also, think about wedding photographers. This is where I'm getting this from. So when you get a wedding photographer and they take your pictures, you have um, a year or two before um, that only way you can get those photographs is through her or through him, depending on what gender your photographer was. And then up to two years, you can buy the rights 
back and you can get, take the digital files and do whatever you want with them because no one's really buying or looking for them anymore after two years, right? So same idea. You can have exclusive for two years and keep restocking it and keep restocking it instead of being so minimalist about it. And if it doesn't sell, what do you care if someone else sells it? If it does sell, okay, you had a good run. Everybody wins, but make sure you have one piece of it that is exclusive. Like Han Solo in Hoth gear, he'll only have the communicator and the lightsaber at Target. After that, he comes in regular Hoth gear on a card with no lightsaber. Okay. And again, I think that takes away retailer interest because it's not so exclusive to them. But B, they have done that because look at the retro figures at Target. There was huge demand for them. And somehow they made an arrangement that Entertainment Earth could then get them. If they hadn't made that arrangement, I still wouldn't have those figures. So something was worked out in that case of that line. And I don't know why something hasn't been worked out similar with the Empire figures, which seem just as hard to get. But we're also speculating that they are hard to get. Because, for example, those Christmas figures, not so hard to get at the stores right now. So here's where I want to come in on this. And we've touched it, we've danced around it, but Brock brings up the point of, of Pulse. And Hasbro has this dedicated uh, site. Now I understand they might not want to use the warehouse space and whatever, but here's what I'm going to say. There is a Cobra Commander figure that they did. There was enough demand that they opened up a pre-order window and they produced as many as people wanted. And look at the PulseCon exclusives that they did that with. Now, whether those were slated to be San Diego Comic-Con exclusives or not, I have no idea. But what they did is some of the more popular ones, Heroes of Endor, the first things after the fact, they took pre-orders through that Sunday. You placed your order, they're doing it. So they could move to a system like that that would enable people to get them that way um you know they that can be done there's other companies that have pivoted and have done that kind of thing like NECA um with with the line some of the lines they've done um but the other thing that that I would like to say is like you know you bring up the point of Luke Jedi I think that Luke Jedi as an exclusive was a misstep he should have been as part of a wave you make your exclusives I think like I think Moloch even though he sat on the shelf and triple him with exclusive. You make your regular figures in the regular line. So, like the Mandalorian being exclusive, that's okay with me because they're in all these different versions. Hey, you could get the TVC Mandalorian, the regular version, everywhere, which is fine. So these other versions that have something added, you'll be able to get those. You know, if you want. Chris, I have a quick correction for you there. Um, you said that for the PulseCon exclusives, they took orders all weekend and are manufacturing however many were ordered. Um, I don't know if something has been said outright by the Joe team about that, but what I can tell you with the Star Wars and Marvel ones is they did sell out again. Now, what's weird is they had the pre-order for the PulseCon members on, uh, was it that Thursday? Yeah. Wednesday. 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 And the people who ordered, who were the PulseCon Premium members, got their shipments really quick. But then on Thursday, they opened them up for the weekend for everybody to order. And strangely, they had a ship date of like six months later. And I, that is another question I have for Hasbro is what happened there? 
Did they go back and flip a switch to order more? But I can tell you, the Hellfire set, Marvel Legends set, was sold out on Saturday morning. They didn't just let it run. It wasn't um, a timed edition, as Sideshow would call it, where you have a weekend to order, and then however many are ordered, we make. They did still cut them off at a point. Yeah, but I think the the point there is, is that they did open it back up, because obviously... Uh, a ship date in March for the Heroes of Endor on on the second day, you know, they shipped what they had to the Pulse members who bought them all up, and then they went back and did more. So I guess the question there is, is how many more did they do, if they'll even give us that information? Well, aren't the Heroes of Endor, also Luke and Leia and Han, going to be sold on cards anyway? Yes, the Ewok is the, and this is a FOMO thing for me, the Ewok is the one reason I bought it. Right, and then that's the only one that's not available later on, right? Yeah. Here's a great example of exactly what I'm talking about, okay? So you buy the Heroes of Endor set, you get the Ewok, which is unfortunate because that's, that's awesome, right, to get an Ewok on that way. But the other figures are going to be available a different way. So you buy this set for exclusivity, and you get it first. And then those figures are available in a different way, missing an accessory, in this case, <laughs> an Ewok, uh, is quite an accessory. But the point is valid that they're already doing this. Why not keep doing it this way? And maybe perhaps um, if they can, if this is a model they can follow in the future, all of us can get what we want. We have to wait six months extra for it, but at least I get the figure I want instead of having to pay through the teeth from a guy in eBay who um, is a scalper, not a good investor, Arnie. Let me just say that, you know, you said they do this with the San Diego Comic-Con exclusives. The PulseCon exclusives are San Diego Comic-Con exclusives. Thanks to COVID, there was no San Diego Comic-Con. But do you see a difference between Hasbro saying internally, we're going to sell something that we make exclusive, so we're going to make a few extra pieces and an extra box for Grand Admiral Thrawn, but we're going to ship Thrawn out anyway because we're going to get our money back for making Thrawn versus Hasbro going to a retail partner and saying, what would you like to be exclusive? How about if we give you this little holocron accessory? Is that exclusive enough for you to pay for the run? Okay. All right. Point, point made, but an Ewok is different than a holocron guy. So you can throw an Ewok in. You can throw an extra Jawa in. Um, and I'm not, whatever. I don't care. Um, and they've done boy. that. They've done the collector sets. Remember when Target had those three and three quarter inch ATST sets and they had exclusive paint on them, but you were getting a bunch of stuff you could also get elsewhere? I have that set. I have the Target set, the Hoth set, and the Endor set right over there. Great sets. They're great sets. 50 bucks a pop back in the day. Well, I think, you know, we're talking about this. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Andrew had mentioned, you know, you, it brings you into the stores. It kind of hypes you because you didn't get it pre-ordered for Target. So you're going in the stores. But the other problem we're having is like Brock said, then you go in stores and it's not there. So there's a disconnect between, you know, from where I said, there's a disconnect between Walmart and Target and their, their audience. Now I understand, right? That's a very small percentage of what they do. But Target, for instance, has a collector's corner online. They're clearly catering to a collector. So they need to kind of dial that audience in, if you will, and make sure that they have enough there to kind of support it, but not get stuck with it. I know that's a slippery slope. It's not always easy to do. Um, but I think that they need to work on that. And I don't know if Hasbro 
can somehow help them with that, if Hasbro can help educate them. I'm not sure what the fix is overall, but there's clearly a problem. And, you know, we're having distribution issues with regular wave of figures, you know, trying to find some of those, let alone hunting down store exclusives. True. Well, I will tell you, at least at our store, they are not adhering to street date. And I have, on these severely limited things, I have gone in looking for them because I know how hard it is and you just got to catch the right moment because we only have one target and we get the bare minimum, I think, of what the other stores get. But I have ended up getting stuff before street date because there is no street date anymore. It's supposed to be out, like, I think Cara Dune, whenever she was supposed to be out, wasn't out the day she was supposed to be, still in the back the next day, ended up getting her the third day because I asked. So I own something else on Marvel. I was able to get it the day before it went out on, before it was supposed to be out because I was there and I asked. So they just don't, there's not the hard stop there used to be on the street dates. Yeah, they're not register locking some of those. Mm -mm. Well, any other final thoughts on this? I think it's been a good conversation without uh, devolving into a, uh, gripe fest i mean it's it's uh it is an issue that collectors are facing right now we are all facing it i know we talk about it all the time and it's just i wanted to kind of get other collectors feedback on this and views on this because collecting is a hobby that should bring you joy when we're recording this i know we talked right before hitting record there's a pandemic going on there's a lot going on right now we are all very stressed people and collecting should be an outlet that brings us joy. Collecting shouldn't bring more stress. You shouldn't be tapping your phone and cursing at it because a target exclusive sold out in 30 seconds. This is supposed to be fun. Now I know some people like golfing and suck at it and they get really frustrated, but that's fun for them. But I think for us, the level of frustration versus fun ratio is just kind of starting to tilt in the balance of frustration. And, you know, with everything else, is it the straw that broke the camel's back for us? Maybe. But I, I do think that Hasbro used to say under Daryl DePriest that their mission was every collector who wants one gets every figure loose. Now, that may, you may not get it on the card you want, but you should get the figure you want loose through some format. If you have to buy a multi-pack or you get an individual card, that was their goal. And I certainly don't feel like that's the goal anymore. No, I just, I'll just add, you know, as we talked about, I know you've got the sister podcast, Marvelicious Toys, so you guys know about the Marvel side, but this is not unique to Hasbro, nor is it unique to any one retailer. This is going across collectibles, across the board, um, you know, and, and having, dipping my toe in lots of different lines this year, I can tell you it's, it's a frustration point across the board, but you mentioned an interesting point, Arnie, and you said the fun level versus frustration. And I said on our, our recent show that I'm still having fun, but I'm frustrated. And I think that's where everyone's at. So that balance is gone and we need, you know, how we get back to it. I, I don't know, but I mean, I'm still having fun. Otherwise I wouldn't be doing it, but 
it certainly is a lot more frustrating than it was in the past. These past six months, I've spent more money, as I mentioned, on my collection than I have in a long time because I'm spending my majority of my time in this room, which is my collecting room and my home office. And so I'm looking at this stuff and I'm putting things out that I haven't put out before. I'm rearranging things. I'm filling holes in my collection on eBay, on Facebook collector sites, uh, through some of you guys that sent me some stuff that you aren't using anymore. And it's wonderful. And I've also dipped my toe in the six inch line for the first time these past six or seven months because the sculpting is amazing. The face is amazing. And I've been able to get some of the older ones um, for very good prices. And I've been able to get the new ones at release for the most part, except for these things here and there. So I'm having, I'm finding the fun. But as a result though, I'm also trying to go after that Target Mandalorian 34.99 set. And I actually got that one. Uh, I've been on Pulse with you guys. The morning things come out and try to get things and try to get help people out who couldn't get this or that too. Uh, I'm joining that game and I'm feeling the frustration there. So I'm still having fun, I'm st but I am getting frustrated. I don't understand it as I mentioned here. And I also want to say that the views and opinions of me does not reflect upon Benganza Media Incorporated. This is my opinion. Hasbro, honestly, for the years and years we've been doing this show has been very, very good to us. And I don't want I am not neglecting that point at all. I understand that. Um, but my frustration as a collector uh, is very valid and a lot of us feel this way. And so what's really great about Hasbro has they've been able to take our questions. They are, they are open to com fan communication. So ideally, um, perhaps they'll watch this first part of the show and hear us really talking about this in a way that could be constructive to them at a different level. Because um, yeah, this should be fun. I get it's a business, uh, but it's frustrating to us that this is plastic, this is toys, this is, this is uh, you, you can make more, crunch all you want, we'll make more, you know what I mean? So um, it's been a great year for collecting for me, a terrible year in general, uh, but um, it's been uh, frustrating and fun at the same time. I wanna end on a high note here, Hasbro or not, let's just go around in the order we introduced ourselves, tell me a Star Wars collectible you've gotten lately that you're really happy about. I don't care what it is, who the manufacturer is, or when it came out, what's something you got that's bringing you joy? All right, all right, easy. And if we've, we've widened it. Okay, so uh, I've been doing these uh, Mandalorian Monday Hot Toys unboxings. Um, and the one that I posted uh, as today as we're recording this on the second Mandalorian Monday was the uh, animated uh, version of Boba Fett for Hot Toys. And I didn't think I was going to like it. And I love that figure. It is so cool. So great. The colors are amazing. I opened that thing up and was immediately just infatuated with it. I just, I, I, I can't get, get enough of that figure. So that is definitely something that has brought me joy from Star Wars collecting recently during this lovely season of 2020. I, I, I'm not all in on Hot Toys, Andrew, but I had to have that one. And it, I got mine this week. It is awesome. It's so cool. Uh, well, you can see my office buddy right behind me. I, I love this guy. He's a lot of fun. I know a lot of people have him. Um, I may or may have not have watched the season two premiere with this guy called up with me next to me on the couch. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. None of you will actually know. Uh, but one thing that really gave me joy besides this guy here is, and I, I sent you guys pictures and um, I was able to get, um, Arnie got me the Genosian uh, Arena Beasts 
a Toys R Us exclusive three-pack set back in, I don't know, 2007 or something. And I finally got a chance to crack that open because I got the Genosian background, the, the play set that came out in 2002 from a guy on Facebook. And uh, for an amazingly great price, about half what you get on eBay. Uh, unfortunately, he was going through some tough times now, as many of us are. And I was able to uh, give him a fair price and I uh, showed him pictures of what I did with it so he knows it's in a good place. And I have this display of the Genosian Arena, my least favorite Star Wars movie, but some of my absolutely favorite toys ever because of the sculpting on those Jedi with the bases. And it's over there, and I can't tilt my camera so you can see it, but I'll shoot you a picture. And I just got the Mace Windu and the Jango Fett today with the head, the head that's magnetic and the, and the fire. It's right over there, and it's awesome. And every time I walk in my office and I turn my head over there, it's all displayed and it's out. I actually displayed the stuff I bought. And it's there. And all because I got the Genosian Arena, that's the perfect backdrop for it. So this gives me an immense amount of joy to actually do what I've always wanted to do with those figures, those particular figures. And now it's a reality. So that is absolutely something that's given me joy these past few months, Star Wars collecting. That's awesome, man. I love the excitement there when you're talking about that, Brock. And that is a great set. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm going to go, so I'm going to do one Hasbro and I'm going to do one not Hasbro. And for me, uh, my Hasbro is going to be the exclusive armorer. Uh, I really like that figure. I like the, the exclusive accessory it comes with. I didn't think that we would get an armorer so soon. So I'm really pumped that we did. Um, but I like that figure and I can't wait to, I, I hope that she pops up in the series again. We'll have to see. And then kind of sticking with the Mandalorian theme. So I have the SH Figure Arts Mandalorian and Beskar armor and the child, which I got, I had to get from Japan. But I have those. I haven't had a chance to open them because I've just been backlogged with other stuff to do. But I am super excited, you know, to open those up and play with them and see them. And they look fantastic in the packaging. So I'm really excited to, to open that up and just kind of play around with it and see, you know, how they compare but I'm, oh, I love figure arts. They're great. I just don't have a lot of them because they're expensive. I shouldn't have let you had two. You stole mine with those figure arts. <laughs> so I'll think of a backup. Marjorie, what about you? Well, since we're all homebound for the most part, I'm actually working on putting together my office and or I get to display all my stuff. So Brock, I'm going to have your excitement soon. As soon as I pick my paint color because I wasn't going to paint and now I am going to paint but I am going to take a trip to Ikea maybe the container store a few times and get my room set up and get all my Jar Jar stuff out. Oh a Jar Jar. You should put like a, a bunch of Jar Jars in an actual jar. Do you have that yet? That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah I think I'll do that. I'll put them all in little bell jars like so a couple one one big jar like how many Jar Jars in this jar like a jelly bean jar? Oh that's a good idea for a contest though. Yeah. How many Jar Jars in the jar? <laughs> but any specific item you've gotten that's... Um, I did get something, some things this year. One of the things I got, a gift from Jason over at Yak Face. He sent me the Radcliffe Pewter Jar Jar, which is a nice addition. Some of my best Jar Jar stuff came from people that I'm friends with, and that's always awesome. And then uh, Chickafant, who is a chicken that follows our show, his parents... And they were clean, doing some cleaning, and they found some assorted things, and they sent me a pack of Bendems. So I've got that now, too. Uh, episode one Bendems or original trilogy? Uh, they were original trilogy. Bendems are so rad. 
They are. They're coming back, kind of, in a way. They're so goofy. They're just mm-hmm. so goofy. I just love them because they're so goofy. I have other I re- lines of too. Like I have Harry and the Hendersons also, and then I've started the Marvel line. Nice. I just remember 1994 being in a grocery store toy aisle, looking at Star Wars Micro Machines and seeing the Bendoms and wishing there was a Star Wars action figure line and standing there like, is it good enough? Since they don't make figures, is it good enough? No, it's just not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy in uh, our dorm room back in the day uh, had a bunch of those Bendoms and I did the same thing already. Like, I, liked, I like looking at them, but I'm not going to buy them in an action figures. And a year later, of course, I got all the action figures, right? But and since uh, Chris took my figure arts one, I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the lone man on the mountain who says I love these Star Wars Christmas figures. Now I'm gonna caveat this: <laughs> we're recording this on November second, and it's too damn early for Christmas. Do not start playing Mariah and do not start putting out Christmas decorations until after Thanksgiving because you're just going to make me sick of what I enjoy, which is a good holiday season. But I just got in the first. I, I haven't, my very first one got in from Target, the Black Series Range Trooper. And I know some people are like, what the hell is this for? But I remember when Hasbro used to put out like those Macquarie sets that had the Yoda with the gifts and the 3PO and the R2. And I love those things. And then they ruined it all by painting a Vader red and saying, this is Christmas. So no, but I love that this has like poofy Santa Claus outfit. And what's really making these sets for me are the little mini figures. This one has the... Dio with the red nose. And of course, I'm a sucker for the porgs. I love all the penguin type porgs that are all dressed up. And I know these aren't for everybody, but I love me a good mashup. Yeah, I think those are a lot of fun too. I was really excited when I first saw them when they first announced them and was eager to get them all. I haven't gotten the Range Trooper yet, but I did get the uh, the Clone Trooper Holiday Edition in. Show them to us. Let's see them. Right there, yeah. With yeah, the there's Borg, the Borg with the little with scarf. The, yeah, right. That's adorable. Right. And he's got a, his his weapon here's like a candy cane. I just think <laughs> I just think they're fun, right? They'll be great so, to put out Christmas time, right? I was going to ask you: Do you keep them in your collection all year round? Do you only pull them out like your Christmas ornaments? At It'll just be Christmas time. Yeah, put them up on the mantle by the stockings. Yeah. In in the, in the boxes, or are you going to take them out? I'll probably take them out. Yeah, that's okay. my plan. Is my openers will go out at Christmas, and I'll keep one boxed. I got two. They will? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe this is a conversation for offline. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just, they're silly, and they were exclusives, and I did sweat about them getting them, but they're really just silly and make me smile, so. Good. And fig yards. sorry Arnie (laughs) alright guys thank you for joining us it's good to be back and it's good to be back with all of you so thank you for talking and hope to talk to you all again real soon thanks Arnie good to see you all thanks guys see you guys thank you to everyone who came out and looking forward to have several of you back plus others who couldn't make it when we do our 2020 look back but speaking of looking back 
I think one of the biggest toy lines Hasbro's come out with recently is the Retro Collection. And the Mandalorian Retro Collection, a little bit of a change of pace. New media getting vintage figures. Up for pre-order, not exclusive. But we took a look at these to compare them to the actual vintage figures to see how close do the repros get. So here is the shipments from Walmart. Here are ones that I think are definitely damaged. We will save those for the end and see which figures I may not have gotten. I'm super puzzled as to why they sent every figure in its own box. Were so, these all separate orders? No. One single order. Wow. And I got my figure shields ready, so if I have any in good condition, pop them right in there. Keep don't, them safe. Don't forget to head over to figureshield.com. It's Justin's business, and he's got some great products out there. All right, well, let's just start with a random box. Go ahead and... I'll open oh. this one. Safety, always retract that knife. Oof. Ooh, this is not good. Oh. First of all, it's all crammed in the box. It's like somebody's two-year-old did it. Okay. Every box we have is that size. That means every oh, but this, figure. I didn't realize this box was so special, too. Look oh. at that. All right, let's look at Lando here. Oh, oh wait, here, hold on. Here's... Oh, no, no. I guess I'm going to have to open the other side. The other Lando is stuck in there. So hold on. Okay, I'm gonna say you got no Landos, babe. Ooh! Well, that's an opener. <laughs> Yikes! Well, Arnie, it's it's supposed to be vintagey and weathered, like it's been in somebody's basement. Yeah, this in a box. One... I mean, this one isn't creased. You could probably straighten it out in a figure shield. Yeah, I guess this is the better-ish one, and this is not boding well. As I figure shield this, open the next box. Okay, another box that's probably too small. I'll be careful, because I got this super sharp packing knife, which is super amazing, but unfortunately it is super sharp and you could really cut a bitch. Oh, this one has an air bubble! How exciting! But, what's dun, under dun, it? Dun, dun. Oh, it has four air bubbles. Okay, it's Boba Fett. Oh no, he's the hard one to get. And it's not bad. It's a little it's not, wavy. It's not creased though. It's got some scratches on it. AFA wouldn't like it, but if it's the worst I got, it isn't so bad. Oh, I would like this to be an opener, though. I don't know if these show up on camera, but there are a lot of surface scratches on this thing. And it probably won't do any good to say anything to Walmart because these are probably out of stock, right? A long yeah. time. Yeah. Zavi is still selling them, but they're not shipping till like September. Mm. And they're 17 a figure versus 10. But if you can't find a Boba Fett, that's a place to go. Ooh, we got some more air pillows. But see, the air pillows really don't matter because the figures are crammed in boxes that are too small. This is a nightmare. This is 
terrible. There's some air pillows for you. Okay, the age-old question has been answered. How's this one? It's not Ooh, crease. This one's got a crease right Where? down the middle there. If you can see, it's a minor crease, but a definite crease. Oh, I feel it, yeah. Let's see if that shows up. Uh, I have no reason to expect anything better. No, I mean, maybe this one? That one might do better? Ugh. Well. <laughs> that didn't help matters. What? I guarantee, I guarantee that any of the damage that was done to this was not from that fall. And look what you did. Bent card. But a bent card can straighten with a little time in a clamshell. Is it creased? I'm looking for creases and scratches. I don't... A uh, small one on the back. I mean, I already know all these boxes are too small, so I don't know why I'm acting like I'm going to be surprised every time. The second fat, ooh, worse than the first. I think. Let's compare. This one has a lot of those surface scratches. This one is completely wavy around here. I don't know. I think this one's got a straighter card, if you look at yeah, it. Yeah, that one's probably the better of a bad lot. Now I did over order on Boba's knowing he'd be the hard one and knowing that it would be hard to get one on a good card. So I might get lucky. You didn't get lucky? Oh, I can't even get that guy out. Well, all right then. I don't want to cut the other side. Here, let me just. And he's wedged in there good. Grab by the peg hole and <clears throat> well, it does look like it suspends a night inside a tauntaun. Mm-hmm. This is <laughs> Walmart. Right. You should be ashamed of yourself. You really should. This is a slightly larger box. Might be some padding. It's definitely the right side, although, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. How many are in there? One, I, I, two, ten. It's it's a trick. It's only, it's like a magician. There's only air bubbles. <laughs> You're going to laugh. One figure. And bent. <laughs> how? How? How did you do this? How? All right, well, let's move on to the ones that I'm pretty sure are just completely screwed. There's this box. This one is super fun because it has its own ventilation system. And this box seems smaller than the others. Maybe it's not, but... Pre-crushed for your enjoyment. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, it had two air bubbles. Oh, dear lord. 
The crease is visible. Double creased. Okay, now we are in the figures that came in mildly padded envelopes. And I say mildly padded because you know that these are not padded very well at all. And yet, some eBayers will still ship figures in those. Yep. Suitable for something soft, but not suitable for an action figure. All right. And yet, it may still have better luck than two small of... Oh, there are two in there. Both Hoth Leia's. This one's hosed. This one... Well, I can live with this one. Oh, this corner's a little not great, but... Have you found any that have been completely acceptable? I'm really hoping Entertainment Earth gets them like they did the last time and I can just order a case and call it a night. Yeah, I think maybe this is a big lesson is to don't order these from Walmart. They're Walmart exclusives. What am I supposed to do? And not a single good one exists. That's kind of straight. This sort of maybe is. Yeah, no, I mean, compared to the others, I mean. Crushed bubble. Ah. <laughs> totally well, crushed bubble. Bollocks. Blue Max. I said bollocks. Right, Blue Max. No one says that. You just made it up. You never read the Han Solo trilogy by Brian Daly. Is that the heir to the empire? No. Oh, then no, the, I didn't read the it. The Han Solo books written in the 70s. I did not read that. With Bullocks and Blue Max. More Boba Fett's, Arnie? I told you I overordered in the hopes of getting one good one, and I didn't. No, this is it. This is it? This is the end. Okay, so let's sort out your good ones here. This <laughs> okay, one... I think we found them. <laughs> this is definitely this opener. Yeah, opener. Um, what about these two? This one's pretty good. This one's pretty good. Oh, it's got a crush bubble, though. No? No? It was the Luke that had the crush bubble. Okay. All right. All right. This Leia That's an is as good as it gets. Okay. This put it in a figure shield right yeah. now. So this is an opener. This did not make the cut. No. Oh, wait. These are the openers back here. Yeah. Can't even stand them up. All right. Let me Some find... of them you can. Okay. Yoda's. So we've got this one. Well, it's definitely not that one. No, but I was looking to see there's no creasing, so it's going to have to be that one. And this one has, well, it's seen much better days. So Before anyone at Walmart touched it. <laughs> okay, blue coat, Han. Let me see if this is Actually, even acceptable. I mean, they may come back in stock, right? I mean, isn't it better to protect the one that's better than... Right, but I need to know if I'm done. Yeah, this one I can live with, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, so blue coat Han. Well, that's the only Han there is. This has a slight crease at the top. This is not creased, and it may straighten out in a figure shield. Let me take a look. Yeah, this one does not have any creases. But this one has a big crease. Yeah, that's not that one. Okay. <laughs> Is it this one? I guess you're going to decide if you're keeping that one. 
You know, Hasbro, you probably don't need to print this along the edges. Walmart will do it for you. I'll figure shield it, but I'm not saying that I'm happy with it. So you're going to have to make a list of which ones you want to keep looking for. Well, how many are there? <laughs> Good point. Yeah, I guess not a single one was acceptable, was it? None of them were undamaged. We're hoping that they'll flatten out with time. Okay. I actually think you got a good Boba Fett. Did I? Let's see. I think so. No, no. That's, that one has a crushed bubble. Right. So this one is by default the winner, but... Is it, though? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. So this yeah. figure goes in a figure shift. But I do think you got a decent boba. The bubble is not cracked or crushed. There are no creases that I can find anywhere. It took four. Yeah, it took four. Um, edges appear. It's got a little ding on the corner back here, like where you can feel the plastic. But I don't know if they are the... You know how they get scuffed a little? Yeah. But... Let me take a look. I think so, that one's your best one. I can live with just well, a little scuffing in the corner. Actually, this one has the same scuffing, so is it perhaps intentional? Or is it just Walmart again? It's got some deep scratching in here, but... Well, okay, check out this one. This one might be more acceptable. This has got a crease. Oh, this one has a crease up by the... Ah, I missed it. No, it doesn't. It oh, does. I see it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you can't... I don't know if you can see it, but right there has got some wrinkling and creasing. Okay. Just like the real ones did in the day. Um, This one... This one's got a crease. It's got a crease right here uh, where they shoved it in the box. And this one also has a crease on the side where they shoved it in the box. So... The averages are pretty bad as far as even mildly acceptable figures if you're a carded collector. I was only worried about the ones in the envelopes to begin. I never even thought all the boxes would be too small. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Um, perhaps if they had not shipped them individually in what boxes and put them in a box. Although that, that proved it didn't work because we did have the one box that had two in it. Woefully underpacked. And things still got damaged. So maybe we need to rename this episode, Screw You, Walmart. <laughs> All right, so we've gone ahead and opened up the worst of the figures. And Jerry, our former Vintage Viewpoint host, was kind enough to send along some actual Vintage Empire Strikes Back figures here. Because mine are tucked away in storage right now, and he was able to get to his really quickly. So let's see how a repro... Retro figure compares to the original thing. Starting with Bespin Luke. Well, one thing definitely you can tell is obviously it's a newer figure, so it's shinier and it has a little bit more luster to it. But I think that the new figure is a slightly larger, like he's a little beefier. Looks like his arms are bigger. He also doesn't have a seam on the top like that one does, the vintage one does. You can see the mold mark at the top on the shoulder. The hair is also a little bit larger. 
and it looks just slightly flatter on top. Like there, there's no texture. And here, maybe it's just the paint giving me a uh, false positive there, but it feels like there might be texture. The face, this one just looks more mannequin-y, whereas this one I feel has a little more character. This one's got a shinier skin, darker eyes, darker eyebrows, and it feels like he's wearing... Remember the Carver from Nip Tuck? It's like he's wearing a Carver mask. Oh, you mean a mask that kind of dilutes your face? Yeah. Like it's putting a privacy screen over your face. What's weird is it looks like this little dot on his belt, they painted flesh color on the retro figure, and it's just the tan of the outfit on the original figure. Let me see it for a second. Apparently they said you'll be able to tell. Well, there's copyrights on the back. I can't read that small print. Moving around to the back. The actual vintage figure has the copyright 1980 on the back of his leg. The retro figure. There we go. It's really tiny and hard to see. Actually, those just look like part numbers. But right there is the instant way to know if you're looking at one of the retro figures is no copyright on the back of the leg. Still a remarkable facsimile. Kind of hard to tell the difference. Really good matching shades of beige. Now where things get trickier is with the accessories. This little toothpick holder is the vintage piece. And this is the modern piece. It's definitely a different color yellow. This one's more lemony, and that one's more gold. But it's got the same flat handle. Or flat, flat hilt. Does it yours have the, the dots on it? Like for Yeah, the, it the does buttons? have a couple of dots oh. on it. Hold it up straight. Is it the same size? Same size. So that one would be very tricky to figure out if it's real or retro. And that's why we're being very, very careful to make sure Jerry gets back his real saber. The guns, however, 
There's no questioning. The rep the retro gun is black. The real vintage gun is blue. And you can see on the real vintage one, there's just a little cut there on this piece where they just cut it out of the mold and the modern technology made the retro one a lot cleaner. But same lines on the grip, same everything. Moving on to Yoda. Now, when we first started talking about the retro figures, I said, I don't remember Yoda having such a maniacally demonic eyes, but... He does. Now, again, we kept the retro one on the same side. So this is the retro and this is the vintage. You can definitely tell differences in technology and able to make some parts look a little better compared to how they previously looked due to improvements in technology in how they tool the figures. Yeah, I can't tell if it's just how it's laying, but Jerry's figure here, the a real vintage one, covers the feet entirely, which I remember mine doing as well. And this one, you kind of see his feet sticking out. That could just be someone didn't cut it right at the factory, though. And the Yoda figure is known for having a lot of variations in the vintage line, different colored snakes. I always had the orange snake, and that's what they shipped this with. Also, a multitude of different belts were made. And this one, see, he's got his little screw top there and some little pockets and a fashionable knot on the back. Yep, that's where you can remove the belt from. These are actually really close. I mean, they're similar in color and everything. I mean, obviously the true vintage one has a little bit darker of a fabric because it'd be impossible to match dye lots. Plus, it's 40 years old. Yeah. I mean, fabric is going to accumulate no matter how well you keep it. This one, the new one, slightly lighter green skin. Specifically in the hands and feet. And I don't know if it's just because maybe it's not as thick of a mold because, you know, it's different than the head. But definitely lighter hands and lighter feet. Kind of almost a like a light lime. The snake looks really close but is slightly brighter in the new one. The cane appears to have less texture in the new one. The, yeah, the cane looks a little bit lighter brown on the new one and seems to just have a little less texture to it, but... Very close. I can see unscrupulous people, if you've lost the belt or lost snake or cane, people would be able to replace them with this. It would be very, very hard to tell. Now, Hoth Leia, I'm seeing a lot of differences. Again, the re 
the retro figure is on the right. I keep wanting to call it a repro figure. And the real vintage is on the left. And the right one has a very different skin tone. Well, keep in mind also different technology processes and different pigments available. And again, you're running dye lots. So if you make the same carpet 20 years from now, it's not going to be the same color. And actually the flesh tone now is more realistic, I think. The retro figure is taller. I don't doubt that. The other one was bigger. The Luke, Bestman Luke. I noticed that the... She's also got bigger feet than the vintage. Yeah, the shoulders just don't line up. Mm -mm. And yeah, everything about the retro figure seems slightly scaled up. Yeah, it's definitely a slightly larger piece than the other one. It's only because I have them side by side, but I really prefer this skin tone and this shade of tan for her outfit. These just look so muted. I think this is a better color, but it was technically kind of just off-white, but whatever. But I think this is a better color for it because that looks like a crayon. That flesh-colored crayon. I actually think the face is better on the vintage, too. And I don't think the camera is going to pick it up here because it's white, but we do have the copyright date again on the back of the leg of the vintage figure. Oh, it is on the back of the other one, but it's on the other leg. You can see. We'll go to a still photo that'll show it better, but it says made in Vietnam on her right leg and 2020 on the left leg. Whereas the vintage one, this is the Hong Kong vintage one. <laughs> well, there are different. Yeah. On the accessories, I always lost this gun. I always lost Leia's gun. It was the smallest of all guns. Every time I got a Leia figure, I knew that gun was going in my mother's vacuum cleaner. I think this one's slightly larger, though. Well, again, clearly there. different because of the blue and the black. No, I guess it just, it is slightly bigger. Just like a hair. And maybe because the color exaggerates it. You're right. It is ever so slightly bigger. I have the nos the nuzzles. I have the muzzles lined up completely. There's it's slightly bigger, and it's black. So, I know there were variants on vintage guns where sometimes there were black ones, but I remember most of mine being this kind of bluish. Hoth Han once again the retro figure on the right. I think that the modern one is a little bit of an upgrade. Although I like the scarf better on the vintage one because it looks more scarfy. That just looks like a gob of plastic on his neck. And I do like the face better on this one because it looks more like he's been out in the cold. 
the top looks much more like a visor up here mm -hmm. than it does over here where it just kind of looks smudgy. Well, and there's a whole much better shape to the hood itself. Don't you agree? Yeah. He's slightly bigger too. It's Although, but he's got smaller feet. That one's got club feet and this one's got rather elongated feet. But you can just tell the shoulders do not line up. Yeah. Now let me see his gun because on the vintage one... You can store the gun in the holster on him. One of the early figures to do that. I don't think I ever really was able to get that happening when I was a kid. I don't think I knew that it would stick in there. And it doesn't go in from the top. Kind of. Shove it in from the side there. That looks like they're doing, like, the bunny hop at a wedding. It's also not a fair comparison, I think, in some things, because obviously the vintage figures have deteriorated just due to the length of time they've been around. What's been what? 40 years. Longer than 40. Oh, no, 40. Yeah, yeah okay. we're at the 40th anniversary. I'm apparently trying to make myself older than I am. But, I mean, there's going to be some deterioration... Of the plastic and perhaps the color when you're doing the comparisons. Plus, you've got with the breakdown of plastic, they tend to get a little shinier. But it's not the natural shine you get on a new figure. Yeah, I'm noticing that the vintage figures, while in amazing condition, are slightly shiny and ever so slightly tacky to the touch. Which I'm not having with the retro figures. If my eyes were closed and you handed me one of each, I'd be able to tell you which it was just by the feel of the plastic. And that's the plastic breaking down, and there's nothing you can do to decelerate that. You also should never store the figures together because they mold into one giant bit of plastic. Only under the wrong circumstances, but the paint will rub off. So now Lando. And Lando is one of my favorite vintage variants. I know a lot of people are big about... Big head Han, small head Han, and of course, Vinyl Cape Jawa. But I've always liked me a smiling Lando. And when I heard they were doing a retro Lando, I hope they were doing with the big teeth, the winning grin Lando. But no, no. They've done this Lando. <laughs> but they've made a huge improvement to the plastic cape. and no longer looks like he's walking around with his mom's shower curtain around him. Yeah, they... Bent it down around the neck, which I'm not going to do to Jerry's figure. But was I supposed to do that as a kid? Was I supposed to bend them all down and not make them look like little cannoli? Yeah, I mean, he kind of looks like he's wearing a hot dog costume, right? I never <laughs> realized and put that together, but the vintage looks like he's wearing a hot dog costume. And the folded down of it at the top, because there is more there. So I don't think you're supposed to fold it down because there's clearly more material here on this side. But yeah, this looks way better. I'm going to say that the retro figure looks a little bootleggy. Look at how narrow that head is compared to that head and how it kind of goes to a point compared to that head. It reminds me of like that really bad Brazilian bootleg Luke Skywalker pinhead figure we saw once. They actually did a really 
different job here on the two heads too because the hair is definitely not textured on this one and this one definitely has texture and this one just it's all shiny yeah it's got a little texture but it's because it's so shiny it's really hard to see ah they match the colors of the outfit really well the blue is slightly lighter here on the shirt the pants, I can't tell a difference on. The retro is darker. Oh, yeah, ever, ever so slightly. Mm-hmm. He kind of still looks like he's wearing a hot dog costume, but the collar makes it look not so much like a hot dog costume, right? It's like <laughs> he's wearing the bun. Yeah, I just, all my figures, Leia, Vader, Obi-Wan, as long as they had their vintage vinyl capes and i'll be honest all of them broke and then i'd use some scotch tape and tape the sleeves up and they'd break again with play but while they had them yes they had this rolly look to them in the guns again vintage blue re retro black is this a different gun, or is it just the angle? Or maybe it's just more well-defined. Yeah, they're the exact same mold. You have me all interested in the length of them now. Sorry. These look to be about the same length. The black one may just be a micron longer, but pretty close. What's a micron? A very small unit of measure. Okay. Did you make that up? No. Okay. At flip them. The faces look pretty similar there. I'm trying to see because I believe the teeth are visible here, but they're just not painted. And here, I think it's the same way, but there seems to be a little less tooth definition. But I just can't get over the pointy shape of his head. Well, you know, I just want to point out, and I, I'm noticing this on more of them, which I didn't notice until you're putting these side, to si side by side. But the old ones, I guess I never... I knew the seams were there, the mold seams, but they're not on the new figures probably because they do injection molding or different way or parts or something. I don't know how exactly everything is done, but there's a, a, a mold seam that goes right across his head. And while I knew they were there and I knew about them, for some reason seeing them side by side, something that doesn't have it, really drives it home. I can't tell if they're not there on the new one or if they're lesser because they both have a slight line down the side but it is far more pronounced on the vintage than the new one yeah that's a mold seam but i don't know that this is or is it that because they used old molds of artifact it's hard to say but there is a slight line on that arm 
And we saved the best for last. The vintage Boba Fett. Now, I always remember this figure as being purplish. And the vintage one here is definitely more purple in hue. The retro one is more of a blue. Yeah, definitely. The other one looks so much more purple compared to one that is blue. And again, I think he's slightly larger. Definitely taller than the vintage. You know, it's all the hormones in today's milk. It's making the figures bigger. <laughs> I want to see something on the new one. Nope, the missile does not come out. At Toy Fair, the one they had on display just had an empty hole here. So I didn't know if the missile was secretly removable, but it would probably still pose the same choking hazard. definitely a lighter color same mold used for it it looks like same texture around the shoulder but you can see the vintage one had a little sloppy paint on it and the retro one very clean paint lines if you look at the shoulders there and if you look down here at the forearms just much sharper paint lines there And if you look at the feet. It's the club feet again. The vintage has club feet and the new one doesn't. The vintage one looks like it has like four lines down the foot. Whereas the new one looks like it has two lines. Like it just, this looks kind of wrinkly. Like there's texture to his boots or something. Mm-hmm. But the, they've definitely streamlined the new ones. If you gave me one of these at a con and said, is it live or is it Memorex? I don't know that I'd be able to tell you without having the other one right there to compare it to. Actually, you would because of mold seams. And copyright dates. Yes, but if you, if you didn't look at copyright dates, you could easily tell because the helmet has a giant mold seam going down the middle. Yeah, right here in the middle of the head. Got the seam there. This one. I think they're better at hiding it. Yeah, there's a faint, faint line, but it is not like this one, which is almost like a shark fin. Yeah. The red rockets, it's much darker on the vintage one than the new one. But now let's get scary. The guns. Ah, uh, the old one has more of a purplish tint to it. Barely perceptible. Yeah, it's definitely got more purple in it. Or bluish, I can't tell, but it's a different shade. Barely. It's also a shinier plastic. That would be my biggest way of telling. This one looks a little more matte, and this one's more shiny. But I do not want to get those mixed no. up. And this is going to be a problem for collectors who 
aren't super meticulous is you're going to be like, so is this the gun that came with the retro figure or that came with the vintage figure? So thank you for returning to Star Wars Action News. We will be back much sooner, shortly after the new year. Thank God 2020's ending. Yes. It was unprecedented. <laughs> I have to get that in there because that should have been the word of the year. <laughs> it's the overused word of the year. <laughs> yes, it is the overused word of the year. I think it's a law that you have to say it on the news in at least every hour, if not every half hour. But we will be back in an unprecedented short time, shortly after New Year's, to bring you our look at 2020 in collecting and what all of these new shows and movies might mean for adding an expansion onto our house. So until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the fours be with you. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find pictures of the toys reviewed, chat with other Star Wars collectors, and find hundreds of Star Wars Action News episodes at our website, SWActionNews.com. We want your feedback on Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The links to our social media sites are at SWActionNews.com. You can also help out our show by telling your friends to listen by posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or in person. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at SWActionNews.com. You can also send us your latest store reports, figure reviews, and more. Email us an MP3 or iPhone voice memo at show at SWActionNews.com. All content received is subject for use on the show. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2020. All rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. For me, is that if you collect vintage... These retro figures that they've done the past couple of years, they you have them in your collection. I'm not exactly you're, you're breaking so up a lot. Um, yeah, we're not able to understand you there. I don't know if there's anything um, any better now. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I feel like you. Nope, oh, not better. Oh. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Being you, it's the it, 
he sounds like uh in the matrix when the that neo like the the going down the throat right you know what i'm talking about (laughs) the downloading sound that that happens that's what it sounded like that's great a little bit of static he's a step or two away from an old modem yeah i was thinking um it was very very deadly yeah very funny it's it's in front of you isn't it is it it's on the other side of the desk. Is it? Okay, so like you're facing me. It's on my left. Maybe. I love what Zoom backgrounds do to people as they're standing up and moving around. That's his chair. His chair, because his, his chair, the headrest is wider than his head. So like it kind of blends weird. Oh, it's like shimmery. Yeah. Around it. There's an aura. And the it's microphone, kept, if you will, kept talking like on his face there, and it made him look like the elephant man. Did you find it, Arnie? Can you hear me? I don't know if I'm muted. No, we can hear you. Where is it? It was the left of where I sit. No, no, your other left. Uh, Probably right. If only they were in the same house. I'm upstairs. <laughs> No, if I was directly facing you where you are sitting tonight, it would be on my left. Yeah, that's not there. I had the same conversation about where the Lysol is with my wife, but this is like a whole different conversation about something completely not useful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Ernie wanted to go out on a high note, and this has definitely brought the rest of us a lot of joy. <laughs> Arnie, what about you? Hold on, I'm gonna find Marjorie's first. All right, fair enough. I'm I'm not looking for it physically anymore because it's not where she claims. But I'm it was there before you. Okay, it was there before you move things. <clears throat> Take a drink of tea. Oh. Oh. Oh my God. <laughs> what happened to your face? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> a green cup. That's amazing. <laughs> it was fun to play with those things. You know, you're in his dorm room. That first thing you do is go to his desk and start playing with this thing. It's, it's fun. I, that came out really wrong. I'll go to his dorm room playing with this thing. I met. His I have. Bender. I have nipples. Can you milk me? <laughs> I'm playing with the Star Wars bendums. Got the other bendum in his dorm room. That's how rumors start. <laughs> I heard it. I heard it. <laughs>